It's time for another episode of Play Action Pass, your podcast for all things fantasy football. Welcome to the Play Action Pass podcast. It's week 11. I'm joined, uh, as always, by Rob and Tony. Rob has the, the first thing now he's taken over Tony as the, as the new back eggs on the field. I'm happy with that. I'm happy yeah. with that. I'm yeah. happy with that as well. T- yeah. Take the pressure <laughs> off. Um, yeah, so we're running through, you know, we'll get straight into it. We're running through the week. 11 um games the rest of them we'll we'll do a quick uh takeaways on last night's football um but tony not to put you on the spot but you've got some data you've been sitting on you've been messaging us about all week getting excited uh yeah tell the tell the listeners what they can expect from you to to be honest it's is so the bit of background here i've i last couple of years if you remember the early pods me and Matt did, um, I would look at basically defensive schemes and how they would go against uh, certain players. I remember Calvin Ridley, we hit on a couple of those if you remember early days, Matt, Calvin Ridley. Oh, um, uh, but So since then, I've been looking at how defences change throughout the season when they play man on zone coverage and who benefits from that. Um, so shout out to Dwayne McFarland and Rich Dynasty Rich, who have given me basically all the data from the first 10 weeks on the teams um, and the receivers, how the receivers fare against man or zone, press or, or kind of um, off coverage. And, you know, there's so many stats. I, I, I'm shocked at how many um, things actually get started, but, you know, it's taken a bit of time. And I think uh, by looking at yards per right run, yards per uh, catch, all those kind of good metrics, we've got a feel now on who performs better during um, and coverage and who performs better during um, zone coverage. So I'll be able to share some of that on the matchups this week, hopefully. Awesome. Yeah, that is, uh, if that doesn't get people excited to carry on listening, I don't know what will. And like we said, I know you've been excited going through all that all week. I'm sure it's up well, our own teams as well. Yeah, let's see if it does. <laughs> um, all right, before we get into the, the rest of week 11, then let's just uh, talk quickly about last night. So the Titans seeing off Green Bay. Um, Tony, we'll go to you first. What were your takeaways from this one? Yeah, good game. We thought it was going to be a good game, and we thought it'd be quite close um, because the way these two teams played. Um, and I think they're both really good teams. Obviously, I think the better team won. I, I think we can all agree on that. But but having Rodgers on the other side always made it a contest, and you know you always thought there might be a chance. Uh, but I think Titans just played their style of of, of football essentially. Um, Henry came through with a touchdown and a surprise throw, but you know he was going to go in anyway at what, some point or another when he gets inside the five. Um, and I thought, yeah, Rogers. So obviously Watson, those who picked him up for whatever fab you got him for, he, we talked about him being a kind of Gabe Davis kind of player last week. Um, and obviously against Tennessee's defense, the strength is the run. So we we did kind of think it was going to be a Watson week. Um, but I, I just want to go on a couple of players who were really disappointed. Alan Lazard looked, I, I'm not sure if you um, caught this, but, you know, Rogers, there's a couple of throws where he put on Lazard and I just think he played really poorly. To get a five for 11 stat line and, and 60 yards or whatever he got, it could have been a lot bigger for Lazard. Watson only got four targets and made them count, whereas Lazard looked like he was in the wrong place or dropped a few big, big first downs as well. Um, and I, I just want to know, Matt, why do you still play AJ Dillon? I need to know this. I need to know this answer. So I think you should have kicked things off here because uh, how have you not been warned already to sit him for whoever on the wire? You could have picked out anyone. I know. Dillon. I have been warned. I, I, you know, the warning signs are there, judging by the fact that he hasn't done anything since week one. But <laughs> I mean, I had no choice this week. My team was uh, was fairly um, controlled by the buys. But yeah, I mean, I was going to ask you actually. Should Dylan be on the wire? Yep. It's time. No, it's not. You well, that's a, hand, be on so the a handcuff. Yeah, it's yeah. a handcuff, yeah. You can't, you can't handcuff. have someone like that in a 12. But you can't, be, you can't be in the starting lineup. No, no, I agree. agree. No, well, I would have and been the other better. thing to mention. Sorry. Sorry uh, one thing. Traylon Burks looked good, obviously. I uh, don't know if Rebecca was going to pick that up. But, you know, his first game back, well, his second game back, but his first game full snap percentage. And he looked like... Um, Tannehill's uh, guy out there with, with Robert Woods, obviously. But Tannehill looked great. Let me just put that in there as well. Away to them, uh, Green Bay. Two back-to-back games with 20-plus points. Uh, yeah, Titans are getting hot and stretch. 
yeah, luckily I had Derek Henry to, uh, to try and off- offset Dylan a little bit. I could have played Hilliard and done far better. But uh, my season's over, so, you know, I might be <laughs> Dylan. <laughs> Says that every week. <laughs> All the way to the end, mate. Uh, Rob, what were your thoughts on this one? Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a pretty good game. Um, yeah, I, I agree with Antonio with Lazard. I, I was just trying, I was thinking earlier to myself after the game, you know, what could Green Bay do different to make them a better team? Because I don't think Rodgers is, is washed by any stretch. Did, uh, but the receivers, Christian Watson obviously came into his own a little bit, but they're still missing, for me, a really an elite separator. Um, and the player just keeps coming to my mind all the time. If they, if they brought him in, if they traded for him, is Elijah Moore um, as a great separator. They need that for Rodgers. Devante Adams wasn't an elite stretch of the field. He was good, but he separated, you know, he was an elite separator. So they need to, you know, they have to address that in the offseason. They have to get an elite separate because Watson's looking good, you know, the deep, deep threat. Um, they're using him on, on the red zones. He was going across the field. I think it was the same play he did last, last week. So good for him. But yeah, it's just frustrating for the Packers because I, I do like the Packers and I just think that's what they're missing. Um, but yeah, and then on the Tennessee side, <clears throat> you know, the Derek Henry show, they just completely and utterly just run, run it up the middle all the time, um, control the clock, reminiscent of the you know, of Baltimore. And they're, they're a, like we said, they're a dark horse team to, to go a long way. Same as last year, I think exactly the same, um, you know, with Tennessee. So yeah, and finally, it was just on Trey and Burks. I agree with Andonia. They were, um, yeah, he had, a, he had a, not a mini breakout, but his best, is, you know, certainly his first game really involved. Um, Tannehill was doing lots of short dump offs when they were playing the play action, uh, play action pass, a bit of a plug there, but they, um, yeah, they've done a lot of short, short, um, short throws to him. So yeah, it opened it up and, um, yeah, good to, good to see Burks. He's, 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 you know, got a long way to go. Um, but short, you know, if you've got him in, in formats, he's potentially a plug and play now going forward. Yeah. Absolutely, and uh, people would have picked him up off the wire, I'm sure, and uh, not be enjoying that, as with uh, Christian Watson. Um, moving on then, so we'll, we'll get into the the remaining games, um, and Tony, obviously, chuck in uh, your, your trend data as and when you see fit. We'll start with Chicago and the Falcons, uh, over-unders 49. So, Rob, we'll go back to you. Um, what, what are your thoughts on this one? What do you look for? Quite a high uh, over under that, uh, you know, just under 50. So they're expecting points here. Um, when I first looked at the matchup, just from my eyes, I thought this could be a uh, slow, a slow type game, but it doesn't look like the, uh, they disagree with that. So, so yeah, I think obviously Justin Fields is probably his last top matchup. I think me and Donny have been talking about Fields offline a bit. And, um, you know, on paper, this is his, probably his last big blow up uh, game. Um, not to say you can't do it for the rest of the season, but on paper, it's the it's the last easy matchup and then he's going to buy, etc. So mm. you've got to put Fields in as a starter. You know, he's probably a top five, top six quarterback this week. Um, Mariota, I would probably, um, probably play him, even though I've been really critical of him last week, um, especially if this gets out of hand and it does go the way the Vegas are saying, then they're going to have to play. They may have to play catch up. Um, or it could go where Falcons just run the ball and, and, and control the clock. So, but I would still probably have him as a as a streamer. Um, so yeah, pr- you know, probably play both both quarterbacks. The running backs, though, um, again, Montgomery now is going to have the lion's share of the work um, with no Khalil Herbert. I think we mentioned last week he's gone on to IR, so he's a strong start. Though he hasn't performed, um, this could be a get right game depending on game script, but Montgomery's probably a strong start. Same with Patterson, um, both sides, you know, start both the running backs. Um, and then obviously if you can handcuff, you know, Algier and Ebner um, for a time being, then, you know, they, they may be good, good handcuffs for, um, for the playoff stages or, or close to the playoffs. And then the receivers, and uh, I'm not confident with any of these guys, you know, Drake London, Darnell Mooney, Claypool, um, uh, for me, it's it's very hard to start any of them with confidence. Um, Drake Lennon had a good game last week, but I wouldn't, um, you know, I wouldn't be confident in playing him. Um, he would be a low end flex for me. 
I mean, the target share, it's either him or Pitts has a good week, you know, it's very rarely that I've seen both of them have a good week. So, so yeah. Um, and then Pitts obviously and Komet, I think uh, they're both probably, you've just got to start them. I mean, there's, there's too many buys, um, you know, low end starters, nothing high. I mean, Komet's had a couple of great games, but again, it's tight end. You can't, can't to be confident in that he's going to have a third huge game, but you probably start him just on that basis. Yeah, Rob, uh, sorry, Tom, what have you got to add? Yeah, I, I probably would start Komet just on that last point. I think, he, he, as you said, tight end is all over the place at the moment. He's shown enough that he's got that boom potential. There's not many tight ends that can give you what he's done over the last couple of weeks, so I think you just keep riding him. Although he is injured, so keep an eye out for that. Um, yeah, no, no, nothing to add, really. Uh, I think pretty much the st- Montgomery, Fields, you're starting those. Um, Mariota's interesting. If you need a quarterback streamer, I think this week is the high over-under, as Roberto said. Um, they, someone thinks they're going to score quite a lot of points in this game back and forth. And then in terms of the coverage, both of these teams are pretty much in the middle, so they do fluctuate between man and zone, but a, a little bit more on, on the man side for both teams recently. and. Um, that's probably not good news for Mooney or Drake London, actually. They both perform a little bit better in zone coverage, um, but probably not enough to take them off, Mooney especially. Probably not starting London off the back of that. But yeah, not a bad uh, game to target with a high over under. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, moving on to, to Panthers uh, versus the Ravens then. Over under is 41.5. Um, Tony, we'll go to you first on this one. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so this I'm going to watch the running backs carefully on this game. I think, um, yeah, Drake, a lot of people will be starting Drake, and probably rightly so from the last game. Uh, but Gus Edwards will be back, it looks like, and the interesting bit is going to be the, the, the usage between those two. I think this is a game that Baltimore take control of quite easily, um, and uh, you can start all your Ravens, your normal people like Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews is 50-50. I picked up Lugley again this morning just on the off chance because I think, you know, it got two limited sessions in, so you'd like to see a full practice. John Harbour this morning when I saw an interview wasn't sure, so that was uh, warning signs for me for Mark Andrews, so I, I grabbed Lugley, but I think whoever the tight end is, you're playing. And then Baker Mayfield against uh, Baltimore, not a really great matchup for Baker to walk into, but um, I think that probably means a sit for Terence Marshall. And um, yeah, you're starting DJ Moore, I think, if you are in a, a, a uh, you know, if you need a spot start. In terms of the man coverage, uh, zone coverage, Baltimore play a lot of man. So DJ Moore is actually quite good against man coverage and Marshall's actually good against zone. So if Baltimore do stay in their man, which they have done recently, it does favor DJ Moore if you did need start receiver out of those two. I would go with DJ Moore. Music should start. Music to my ears. That so, um, another player I've been. But that's if you job. trust Baker Mayfield <laughs> away to Baltimore. Yeah. Season's over. I'm trusting Baker all the way. Season's um, over. Rob, what have you got to add to that? Um, only that I don't think Baker lasts the whole game. Um, though I say in that they probably just won't get enough of the ball, and then this is the problem with the over under being so low. You can just see Baltimore controlling the run especially if they get up early. I don't know, it all depends on who gets the ball first, I guess. But if Baltimore get the ball and go all the way down and score, it's going to be a long, long old day for Carolina. Um, I wouldn't be confident in any of them. Probably the only one I like, I mean, obviously going on Andonio's man versus zone, you know, I trust that, you know, you've got to trust that. But um, Deontay Foreman, as much as he's been great, I, I would worry about him slightly if they get behind early. Um, this could be a sneaky flex game for Tuba Hubbard in the passing game. Um, because it'd be very difficult for me to see Carolina going up, especially in Baltimore, and um, you know, in Baltimore having to play catch up. So if it goes to game script the way it should do, bearing put on the odds and things, then this could be a long afternoon for Carolina, and I wouldn't be confident in any in any of the players. Um, but you know, people got DJ Moore; they're, they're going to start him because he's probably their wide receiver one, I assume two, and Foreman because of his of his usage lately that they're going to play him. But I would. Um, I would have concerns about all. Yeah, I, I, I actually agree with Foreman. I don't agree with Hubbard, actually. I think they were both split last game 
50-50 in third down, but I think that might be because Hubbard was coming back. Either so, I don't think you can start running back um, from Carolina, so I agree with you on that one. And on the other side, Demarcus Robinson and Duvernay are both better against zone coverage, and Carolina is a very zone-heavy uh, team. So if we did want to throw a dart at one of those two, that's not bad. Baltimore uh, should score quite a lot of points. Nice. Good, uh, good stuff. Under the Browns then. Browns versus Buffalo in Detroit uh, due to the weather. Uh, over under the high one, 49 and a half. Um, Rob, we'll go to you first on this one. Yeah, so, you know, but Buffalo, it should be a bet. Did we say Buffalo, didn't we? <laughs> I was yeah. thinking that when you said that. Yeah, Buffalo in Detroit. Yeah, Buffalo in Detroit, yeah. Buffalo beating the Browns in Detroit. Beating the Browns, yeah. So it's good It's good news for all the passing game. Um, again, you know, with the six foot of snow um, scheduled in Buffalo, then we're glad it's indoors now. Um, and that's really good news for Diggs, Gabe Davis, etc. You'd expect Buffalo to have a bounce-back game. Josh Allen, another week removed from his injury. Whether it's something that can heal over you know, a short period of time, I don't know. But it didn't seem to affect him too much last week. I would expect a more cleaner game from him. Um, so, yeah, you know, obviously he's a must-start. Um, the receivers are probably um, must-starts. Um, it's just the running back. Again, I think you've probably got to go with Singletary. We had this discussion on Wednesday. Um, you start Singletary as a, as a low-end RB2. Um, I'm not just I'm not sure what game script favors him. As I said, I don't really I don't really know if it's going up or not. It's going to help him, um, but you start him probably. And then for Cleveland, um, sit reset. Um, even though you know they're going to probably have to play catch up, I just don't. Uh, I don't. Even though it's in a neutral venue now, I just don't fancy reset um, against the Bills um, back line, which is starting. I, I believe is starting to get a little bit strong some players back so I would sit present Chubb obviously must start Hunt is a sit for me um, just just not getting the usage he's a bit like Dylan at the moment it's just it's very frustrating very you know both decent running backs but just they got someone who's stronger and better at the moment so yeah Hunt sit uh, Cooper I've seen some funny spits on Cooper uh, when I the, the pods I listen to that you know he's he's better at home than away uh, and Cleveland have got a lot of away games uh, or on the road, as they say in, in America, um, left. So, but you've got to start Cooper just for the chance of, you know, playing catch up and getting him. Donovan Peoples Jones, I would probably sit in this week, even though he's had some good usage. And I, I just worry against the Bills that this could be a complete, um, you know, take over control and, and completely dominate the game. So, so yeah. And then the tight ends, I don't think Ninjo goes back yet. I think probably another week or two shy. Harrison Bryant's probably a sneaky tight end. Did have a touchdown last week. If they're chasing the game, you know, and he's and he's getting pressured, then you know he might use Bryant. It was very frustrating because the first week he was in, did a lot of blocking, but last week, um, I think he had. Let's just double check. Yeah, he only had three targets. Yeah, so three targets, three receptions. So yeah, maybe. Desperation tight end, but it's so desperate on that, you know. And Knox is probably a sit for me again. Um, I think Anton said last week he wouldn't start in confidence, but yeah, I'd probably say the same as well. Said, they just don't get enough usage in uh, tight end. Yeah, Tony, what do you want to answer there? Uh, just on the pass catch inside of things. So um, uh, the, the Cleveland Browns play a lot of zones, so that is good news for Gabe Davis. Surprisingly, I had to look at this one over and over again because I was pretty sure he'd be better in man and in zone. But actually, this year he's actually quite uh, a lot bit a lot better in zone coverage. So Gabe Davis can be started, I think, especially now it's indoors. The only thing on the other side, so Buffalo have been switched. They're one of these teams where, uh, sorry, the Browns are one of those teams where when you play them, you switch the coverage. For some reason, they are the second to the Chiefs uh, man coverage uh, playing against them. So obviously it doesn't matter where the Bills are. The Bills actually sit in the middle. They, they switch from man to zone quite, quite, you know, frequently. They've been playing a lot of man recently. And the fact that they're going up against the Browns in man coverage probably means it's good news for Cooper. Uh, he was a lot better in, in man coverage. However, you know, it's on the road. So <laughs> I'm not going to say to start Cooper on the road, I don't think. I do like people's Jones, though, I think. I think he can be played. I've tried to um, put him into my lineups where I can this week. I think, um, especially now with the weather change, 
think he can be played if Njoku sits, I might add. Okay, great. Um, moving on to Washington. This is Houston, uh, another low uh, over under 40.5. Um, Rob, you first, then what, what are your thoughts on this? So by the sounds of it, um, not, not a good game. Um, <laughs> What's the over under? <laughs> Forty and a half. Gosh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess this this one could be dominated by the run game. Certainly, it's going to be in Washington's plans after they win last week against the Eagles. You know, they run the ball and run the ball and run the ball. So, good good opportunities for Robinson and Gibson because you can run all over Houston. They've probably got one of the worst. Um, running against the run in the league. So they they should both be strong starts and good RB2 flexes this week. Probably RB2 for both of them. Um, Mills and Heineke uh, probably sits both of them for me if with that over and uh, and the way they want to, you know, the way they're looking to pose themselves, they both want to run the ball. Then they would be sits for me. Damien Pierce, you've got to start him just because of his usage. Um, they did pick up, couple of running backs, haven't they? they? They picked up, you know, Benjamin. Um, don't think, I think it's just probably the spell Pierce because he's getting so much work. He's, you know, he's getting Derek Henry like carries and he's not obviously going near as big as Derek Henry. So, you know, he's playing, was it 20, 15, 27, 17 carries. That's quite a lot mm. for a running back. So look out to see if they spell Benjamin in for, for Pierce now and again. So it may not hurt him much. But he, he's just running the ball. The, the problem with Pierce, unless he scores, he's you know he's putting up eighty or ninety yards on the ground, which is not enough for a good week on the on, for a running back. You need him to get some passing game work, which he probably you know he's he's not getting enough really to 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 cement um, to cement that. So you've got to start him, but a low end RP two, um, and then. The receivers, again, across the board, it's difficult to trust anyone. You know, McLaren's got the relationship with Heineke, but, and he's had some good games. But in the, the way that I think, you know, it's going to, you know, if it's a run heavy approach for both, um, and, he, and obviously the Eagles put a lot of points up as well, you, you can't see Houston being able to do that. So they might not need to use McLaren. So I would probably say McLaren's a low end flex and sit the rest of the receivers. That's Kurt Samuel and Dotson. Um, and Texans is Collins is probably a, a, fle- uh, a flex. Hooks is back to full health apparently. So for me, I've got him in one of our leagues. So for me, it's a it's a it's a do or die game for him. If he if he doesn't if he has another stinking game, then you know you could probably drop him on the wire. But um, I wouldn't feel confident in this. So me, you look like you've got something. To say. Yeah. So this is one of those games where I have got information on good information. Washington a very heavy, heavy, heavy man, and that won't change now. They've had success over the last couple of games, if you know, you know, they've played, we've seen them win games against the Eagles, Packers, etc. We've said that on this before. I don't think they're going to change the defensive scheme. I've picked them up everywhere because their defense looks legit all of a sudden, and they get Chase Young back. All that said is they'll probably rush the quarterback with Chase Young back in the fold now at the front, and they'll play man on the back of it, and or they might, well, I say that, that you, usually if your line gets better, you play zone to, to look at interceptions. But let's say they stick the same intercept, uh, the same defensive scheme and play man. That's not good news for Brandon Cooks at all. He's been awful against man coverage all year. Nico Collins hasn't. He's actually pretty good against man coverage. So it's it's definitely a green game for Collins and a red game for Cooks on that side. Um, and on the other side, Dotson hasn't been good against zone. And Houston play only play zone, actually. Uh, really, uh, but they have been good off the back of it. The, the secretary's been pretty good, so I kind of agree with Roberto in terms of sitting Dotson. Um, I think you can probably look at uh, Curtis Samuel over Dotson if you really wanted to start another one. He's been okay against zone coverage, and obviously there's no tight end out in Washington because Logan Thomas hasn't come forward, so Curtis Samuel's all right as an okay flex if you have to. Just to throw him a kissick, if he's looking like he's going to sit again, if yeah. he sits, then obviously Gibson's a strong play. If he doesn't sit, then Gibson becomes a flex as opposed to an RB2. Yeah, he's a strong play because the defense is zone. Any with defensive's heavy zone, running backs will get lots of catches because basically uh, you haven't got to beat. So by the time, if someone's playing man against a running back, you haven't got to beat that that linebacker and then get separation. Usually the quarterback's time's ticking in his head. If, if he sees a, a defense playing zone, running backs usually get a lot more catches. So yeah, Gibson's all right. 
Awesome. Yeah, great info, guys. Um, moving on to the Eagles then versus the Colts. Over-unders, 45.5. Tony, we'll go back to you on this. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah. So I, I'm interested in this game because um, I want to see how the Eagles respond now um, after their loss and the fact that they've lost uh, Dallas Garner as well, a big piece of their offense. Who steps up, etc. And I think the, the Colts off the back of a, a win with a new coach would be interesting to see. So yeah, very interested in this game. I think Jonathan Taylor's back. I think you can run on the Eagles. They've tried to sign Darwin Sue. They've signed someone else as well to bolster that line because people were running on them. We said that actually before it happened. It was good uh, last week. Uh, we saw Robinson have success against them. Uh, but yeah, that's not going to be enough to stop Taylor in my opinion. So I think um, in terms of, so yeah, it's obviously a starting Taylor from the Colts side. Um, Paris Campbell's definitely got a green matchup in terms of the the, the, the defense here. Um, the outside receivers, they've been poor against Philadelphia, although McLaurin, um Took advantage of Slay last week. That feels like a bit of a anomaly. I think Paris Campbell's gonna have he's gonna be the biggest um beneficiary of the zone coverage that Philadelphia play. Um and obviously Alec Pierce is the one that kind of um is not the beneficiary, whatever the word is, uh <laughs> to the detriment of Alex Pierce. So you can't play him at all in this game. The other side, uh Indianapolis, uh, sorry, Philly receivers, not much to say there apart from Indianapolis do play a lot of zone, so it's more of a Defonder Smith game. But they're both good. They're both good. You know, I'm, I'm, when we're talking man versus zone, I kind of miss out the, the elite receivers because they're good across the board. Uh, that's why we didn't mention Diggs earlier. We're not really going to mention AJ Brown. He's he's good against both coverage, as you can imagine. But Devonta Smith is better in zone coverage, which Indianapolis play a lot of, as we well know. So uh, Devonta can be started. Nice one, Rob. Anything to add? Just on the, I'm just looking out for the Eagles receiving core. Just want to see how it all irons out now with Goddard out. Whether Beswan Watkins gets any usage or more usage, or is it condensed just to the two Brown and Smith? But if it's condensed, great news. If not, then yeah, just something to watch really. All right, perfect. Let's move on to a, another low end over. We've got New York versus the Patriots uh, over under 38. Tony, we'll go back to you first on this one. Yeah. So I mean. This, this is a game that I probably want nothing to do with at, at, absolutely across the board, except for probably Ramondi Stevenson, if I'm honest. Um, Garrett Wilson's interesting. Uh, so, you know, in terms of the... the um, what's the over-under, did you say, in this game? It's got to be low. Yeah, it's 38. 38. So that's probably the lowest on, on the slate, if not one of. Um, and I think you can only play Ramondi and, and Garrett Wilson. I don't really want to play the, the quarterbacks. Um, in terms of the coverages, Jacoby Myers is probably. Um, oh, hang on. Let, let me give me a second on that one. Uh, yeah, so he is just. He, I mean, he's coming out as a sit because um, the the Jets play zone and they switched up to a zone, so they started heavy man. Myers is very good against man coverage, um, and I think they started off at man. But the last three or four games, the Jets where they've been successful has been sitting in the zone, so uh, he's coming out as a sit. But I mean. Yeah, we're, we're nitpicking there. The fact that it's such a low over-under makes me kind of only want to start Ramondi and Garrett Wilson on the way back because I think he's good enough to beat uh, the New England secondary. Nice, Rob. Anything to add to that? Just, I, I think, you know, from, from game script, I think this could just be another game like it was with Indianapolis for New England's bye. So, you know, a dreadful game. So yeah, I agree with Andonio. For me, I wouldn't even start Wilson. Probably it would just be um, Stevenson that you know we start with confidence, just because they're going to just try and win the ball all the time. And, um, yeah, Stevenson's going to get his. Yeah. All right. Another uh, another low over under thirty nine. This one, uh, the Rams versus the Saints. Well, we'll go to you first. This is sending like a really bad weekend of football <laughs> with, with these games. Um, oh, good. This is another one where I probably I don't want anything to do with any of the Rams. Um, even with you know even with Stafford back, I just don't want any Rams. And the Saints, uh, you know, obviously you've got to start Kamara um, and Alave, but not much else. I mean, Joanne Johnson, you know, he's had some success as the tight end position, but not with any confidence. Probably just a, a waiver wire pick up maybe and, and 
plug and play and see what happens. But I'm most importantly for me on the Saints, I'm looking for a quarterback change. I did hear on a podcast, uh, I think it's Nick Underhill who's connected to the Saints um, as a beat writer. He's very, very plugged in and, and knows. And he said, he's saying that Dalton's still going to be the starter. So frustrating for, for Alave more than anyone else because his upside is capped with Dalton at the helm. But if they can change that, you know, hopefully they can get a change. I don't know if it'll come this week because the Rams just can't move the ball. So it probably won't happen. But this again, I've got, you know, got to go with Vegas. This is going to be a low scoring game. Could be a Taysom Hill game, you know, because he hasn't been talked about for a while. Um, but I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't start him with any confidence. So yeah, not, not, not much to talk about really. No, Tony, anything to add to that one? Not really on the, the kind of coverage. The Rams are the heaviest zone coverage team in the league by a mile as well. So no one's even close to them. They play zone coverage. But I, I think it's, I think they're not good enough to play zone, to be honest. So um, they get found out, if you remember last week, Hopkins and Rondell Moore had a great game against them in the zone all the time. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if you want to look at a, uh, not a line of a Landry, it's not a bad player in zone against the, the Los Angeles Rams. He hasn't got the kind of speed to beat man anymore. Um, so he is better in zone. So he's just a dart throw. If you need the flex, he's not bad in this option, especially in PPR. Lav is good against both, so no worries there. On the other side, I think Robinson's probably the best. So Skronik is very good against man. Van Jefferson, surprisingly, is very good against man. And uh, New Orleans have switched. They've gone to zone coverage, maybe because Lattimore's out um, the last few games. So if Lattimore is out again, they play zone. Probably favours Robinson over the other two. But yeah, I'm with you, Roberto. I don't want to play any of them. Higby probably picks up quite a lot in zone coverage, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah, agree. Higby is probably the best bet. Skoranek, they're talking about Skoranek a lot, but mm. he's not He's not Cooper Cup, so I would, <laughs> yeah, I, would stay, I would stay away. Yeah, not many, yeah, Cooper Cup. Uh, moving on to the Lions versus uh, the Giants then. Over under 45, a bit healthier than the last couple we talked about. But uh, Tony, we'll go to you first. Yeah, so... Uh, both teams very heavy man here. So we talked quite a lot about zone coverages uh, in this in this um, podcast. They've got a couple of cornerbacks here that they just follow um, everyone uh, in man coverage. Okuda on one side. And on the Giants side, um, Fabian Moreau, you know, Adoree Jackson, heavy man, heavy man coverage. And that probably spells uh, good news for the, the fringe receivers in this game. There's quite a few of them. Starting on the... Um, Giant side, Darius Slayton's been great against man coverage. So if he's going to see just one person one on one against any of them, if they think they're going to leave him open with any of them, um, I fancy Slayton actually in this game to beat them. Looking at the stats, and on the other side, uh, Khalil Raymond's been great against man, and so is Josh Reynolds if he gets on the field. So I'm, I'm these are fringe, obviously they're fringe players, but if you're looking for matchups. Um, you know, Amara's been good against both. We talked about that. The Giants actually, Wondell Robinson looks like he's um, picked up an injury Thursday training, which is not good. So it actually looks like um, Slayton could be the only man on the outside. So I, I actually like Slayton this week out of all those names. And then probably Raymond, then Reynolds, if he can get back on the field. But uh, not much excitement there, I would say. This game, you know, you're looking at Saquon Barkley. That's been the recipe for. Uh, the Giants to win. Um, tight ends are awful in this game, so let's forget about them. And then on the other side, Jamal Williams. Giants have been pretty good against the run, if I remember correctly, so I don't even see much of a ceiling for Jamal Williams in this game. Um, so yeah, a bit, bit of fringe wide receiver talk, if you like that kind of stuff. Yeah, Rob, anything to add to that? Just just same brain, isn't it? I think um, on, on the Lions side that you can play with confidence just with his usage, but um... Yeah, not really much else, but, you know, Barkley's a must-start. Um, but Swift, you know, be interested to see if they give him any more work this week or it's the same old story. But as I said last week, we're on Wednesday. Can't play Swift until you see that game. Yeah. Um, all right. There are a lot of bad, bad games this week. We just right. had another one there. Well, oh, sorry, bad for fantasy. I think that'd be all right to watch. But, you know, for fantasy, that's a really not a great one. Yeah, and the next just, one you're going to talk about probably is not great either. Exactly. I'm going to say that I've got one more bad one, and we'll then we'll have a good one, and then we'll okay. maybe go back to a bad one. So, yeah, this is uh, the Raiders versus, let's ride, 
Broncos. Um, <laughs> over enders forty one point five. Who wants to talk about this first? <laughs> Rob shaking his head. So Tom, you you cry. All right. <laughs> so uh, let's just remember that Russ's only good game has been against the Vegas Raiders. So I mean, if you wanted to go back to him, it looks like I'm playing him in our main league, uh, which is typical. But he did have twenty five points against one team this year, and it, it was the Vegas Raiders. So if you want to ride with him. This is the one to do it on. Um, they do play. So Denver defense, I want to talk about their defense. They started off one of the most man coverage defense and just switched halfway through. Don't know why. It's one of these things where, you know, you see the data. It's just man, man, man. Now it's all, all of a sudden zone. So that probably spells danger for the likes of Mac Hollins that we talked about last week. Um, in, uh, and probably good news for uh, obviously Adams, even if they stick. So I've been looking at Pat Sertain, who everyone keeps talking about, but he he, he hasn't really shadowed. Um, he does shadow, and then the last three or four games, he stopped doing that again. And it's, it's obviously it's unclear why. I know they've had a couple of uh, injuries in the secondary with Simmons. Could could um, be a factor. But you're playing Adams. You're playing Jacobs. Foster Moreau's not bad in zone coverage, so I'll have a look at him as a tight end because, you know, no Renfro. Waller, so Moreau's getting on the field for nine, whatever percent snaps. Um, and on the other side, the Vegas Raiders defense is awful, um, and one of the hardest actually to to see. You know, when I look at all these data, every team's got like a, a set, right? You know, we're better in man, we're better in zone, and we play whatever team we match up against. I can't even tell what they play more. If they play more man or zone, I don't even know. I've put zone here just slightly, but I don't think. I think actually they were probably heavy man before a couple of them got injured. Um, but it doesn't matter. Judy's much better in man against him, but I don't think he's going to play. And Sutton's been good against both, but he's probably slightly better in man. And they play apparently. So, so um, but you're playing Sutton. And I think Dulcich is okay as well. Running backs, I wouldn't touch any of them for Detroit. I think we, we said that last week. Yeah. Rob, anything to add? Uh, only the set, yeah, Sutton's a must start for me. It's probably his get right game, hopefully. Um, and I think the, the yeah, the Raiders, the um, I heard I can't remember if it was last week, but they, it was their first sack, uh, in, in many, many weeks or many hours. So, yeah, they, they're just a complete mess. So, you've got to, it's going to be the best opportunity for Denver to to have a not a get right game, but just to score some points. But you know, you're not you're not comfortable playing any of them, um, with any confidence, but you know. Hopefully, it's a certain get right, and obviously, Adam. So, yeah, absolutely. So, okay, that's uh, that's three in a row now that we've suffered. So, let's get on to something that will be a little bit more exciting. Fancy. So, the Cowboys versus the Vikings over unders forty eight point five. Um, Tony, we'll go to you first. Yeah, I I think I want everyone in this game. I think this is going to be um, a real kind of shootout because I think. Vikings are very good against the run. We've talked about that. So I don't think I, it's not that they'll change their game plan, Dallas Cowboys, but they won't um, have success against it. So they won't like eat the clock. They'll be in third and six or third and seven if they do that. So I think they'll throw on first down quite a lot. They play a really good uh, amount of zone coverage of the Vikings and they don't change for anyone. <laughs> so they are playing zone against Dallas. Um, and it's probably bad news for Noah Brown, a steering player that really does not do well in zone coverage. He's more of a man beater, but you know, no one's playing Noah Brown anyway. Probably means good news for Michael Gallup if you want to take a flyer on him this week. Um, and Schultz and Lamb. So good news for the Cowboys. Uh, we know the story with Zeke and Pollard. On the other side, um, the interesting thing with the Cowboys' defense is, I think they've been beaten recently by the, through the air. We saw what Christian Watson's done. They are technically a zone team, and Thielen does better in the zone. So I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to stay say that you should start. I think this is going to be a shoes out where we're starting all all players here: Jefferson, Thielen, and Cook, and Hawkinson. Therefore, I think Cousins. You know, on paper, probably doesn't look like a strong start against Dallas, but I think we go with a high over under. The fact that they've won last week, the fact that the Cowboys can put up points, they did it away in Lambeau as well last week. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. You want pieces of this game, so. Yeah, I think Rob's going to agree with that. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, you do. You certainly want to start everybody. I, I'm looking at the. I want to look at the usage for Ezekiel Elliott because it, he is trending that he's going to play this week. So I just want to see. 
you know, obviously Pollard's had some great success once he's been out. So it'd be interesting to see how the splits go, whether they ease him in. Um, so obviously, you've got to start Pollard. Um, it's just whether you, you have confidence in starting Elliot. You know, you'd be looking for a touchdown and, and, and just look at his snapshot to see how he, um, how he goes. They, you know, they could come out and just sit him again. Um, but we got, I, I, I got a feeling they're going to play him, especially after losing last week. So, yeah, other than I, that, I, I, I probably wouldn't. I wouldn't play Zeke. I wouldn't play him even if he's back. If they're going to score lots of points though when he plays, especially as his full usage, you know, he's the one who's going to be in the end. You know, they're going to use him in the red zone. So, you could probably, as a flex, I think he's as right, a volume but, play. Yeah, well, I, yeah, not even a volume, but just the key, the key point areas. They're going to probably go back to Elliot, even though you know everyone can see now Pollard's the better better back it's just a case of um you know they love Elliot yeah. so but yeah it's just, it's the usage it's difficult to know what how how they're gonna play in uh, in his first game back but one to watch I think the biggest question is Thielen versus Gallup if you had to make the decision um what side of the fence are you guys I would, on I would say Thielen for me but uh, Gallup hasn't done anything has he really um, no. since he's been back but um, I would probably wouldn't play any of them confidence but it, it, <laughs> It's Justin Jefferson and and uh, and now Hawkinson, as we said, is the number two. So that would be my lineup. Osborne. No. See, I, I'm all I'm I'm kind of picking these games now. This is what happens usually. Then stretch, you just target the high scoring game and get as many players as you can. Osborne had 11 targets last week against uh, Buffalo. 11. Crazy game. Well, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, thinking crazy game similar. again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know, I think I think Dallas they've... could get to to Cousins. I think they can get to him. But I don't know. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. It's going to be a high-scoring game. Vegas agrees. So got to go with that. Right, three games to go. Time running out. So let's speed to these ones. We got the Bengals versus the Steelers over under. Sorry to say, is forty point five. Who's excited? Forty point five or forty-eight? Forty. Yeah, well, it's in Pittsburgh, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I don't have any confidence. I thought it'd be a big game for Pickens last week and, and the consolidation, but they're still just not very good at the moment. The Steelers, um, but the Bengals are missing Chase, and he doesn't look like he's anytime ready soon. So that's probably why it's a low uh, over under. You start Burrow. You probably, I'm not sure. If it's, can flex picket, you know, he's a, as a streamer picket, not as confident this week. Um, start mixing, um, flex Harris, uh, look out for Warren's usage. Warren PBR, yeah, possibly got to start Higgins, you've got to start Pickens, um, and Deontay, maybe Tyler Boyd this week gets a little bit. So, more. yeah, it's Pickens, Pickens, Johnson, and Boyd is the question, I think. So, I, I would probably go Pickens in. Against man coverage, just looking at this against um, Deontay Johnson. Pickens looks like there's a little better man, and Boyd actually does not do that good in um, man coverage. So, yeah, they're gonna have to throw to someone, um, but it doesn't look like it's Tyler Boyd week this week. Targets have gone down, yeah, targets are quite low, aren't they? Five and yeah. six his last two games, and then after a big nine, nine target game, maybe again, right game. They, remember who they played? Yeah, so I got Atlanta. They had he had nine targets, and he had Cleveland and then Carolina in the last two. So Atlanta and man coverage was the other one. So yeah, Cleveland and Carolina the the last two games. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. You know, yeah, strange usage, but yeah, you start your studs in this one, but it's not a good over under, so temper expectation. Yeah, good summary. Um, moving on to a, a high over under fifty two. It is the Chiefs versus the Chargers. Uh, Bob, you have some excitement. I would normally if uh, if I knew Mike Williams and Keenan Allen were fully healthy. This could be you know one of the games where they they just go back and forth on each other. But the way I see, well, it, I think Vegas thinks they might do by that. Yeah. I think one. Of, I think they think one of them. I've been quite strong on this. I think one of them's playing. I don't know. I don't know which one. <laughs> but I do think one of them's playing. About the last week, said they both not playing. I don't think they will. Brenda's fifty-two. I think they yeah. think they're playing. Yeah, you might be right. One might get the looking, but it's, it's, it's how much confidence you're going to start someone like it's, it's likely to be Keenan Allen, if anyone. Um, just on, I think the, the injury, injury itself, the injury yeah. itself, hamstring. It's just, and it's been a real bad hamstring. You wouldn't feel confident starting Keenan Allen, 
Um, you know, he has one twitch, and he's he's done for the you know he's probably done for the season. But but yeah, so for the game, well, let's hope they play. But if they don't, then I think we talked on offline and on that this could just be a Chiefs just dominate this game, um, and it's a real poor game for Herbert. So for me, if it, it's the difficulty is it's a mon- it's the late game. Um, you you know if you get clearance that Keenan Allen or Mike Williams play, then you could you know strongly start Herbert. If they sit. I will probably be looking elsewhere as quarterback and, and say Herbert is a, a sit or a low a low option. Obviously, all the Chiefs you're starting. I think we were talking again with the wide receivers. Um, they've put uh, Hardman on IR. So great news for Tony. It's like Antonio said, they are the identical type players or the way they scheme them. So that's good news. Um, Juju and Valdez. Juju's looking like he's going to be out, as I said to be on last week, concussion. They automatic sit for a week. So he's definitely out regardless yeah. whether he's looking good or not. So yeah, it could be a Tony MVS as a, as another option, and you know who knows, Sky Moore might get some looking um, this week, but I don't think they trust him enough, and this just could be a ramped up Tony week. And obviously, Kelsey, you're going to start Kelsey and Eckler. Yeah, Tony, anything to add? I would like to again target these high scoring games. I like to play both. Um, well, as many players as you can on this game. And I think the difficult thing is for the like for me, especially in a couple of leagues, Josh Palmer. It, you know, you're waiting for that game time decision. It's late for, for Allen and Mike Williams. Really, I would like to start Palmer and MBS in my league uh, in this game. I think it can go back and forth, but I don't know if I can wait for both of those um, with the news. I think a lot of people have been in the same situation with Palmer. If I'm honest. MBS will know because I think you're right. Juju's out. Tony's a must start. Um, so it's just those fringy receivers. Um, and there's not much to say on the kind of coverage schemes in these two teams. I think most teams play man against the Chiefs. Um, and I'm sure there's a reason for that, but I haven't thought about it. But they are the most team, you know, the team that the most defense plays most man against. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if Los Angeles Chargers, who when they lost JC Jackson, switched to zone completely, go back to man. Um, they were playing a lot of man when they had JC Jackson and then he boozed the out the end zone. So see what happens. But yeah, well, start as many. Yeah. I was just gonna Oops. say Pacheco Pacheco was the other one. I think he's a good start this week because the, the Chargers can't stop the run. Um and he's starting at they're starting to ramp up his usage and taking out CH. So yeah, I'm so the, Pacheco this week. Yeah, Pacheco, I think if the game goes as we think it might, yes. But it, I they, they played each other a lot, these two teams, and it does go back and forth. So I didn't really agree with you, Herbert, as a sit, actually, thinking about it. I think you can play. Didn't they, didn't they have the most QB points against them in the league, I read somewhere, the Kansas City Chiefs? So, you know, if we go that way and it's a shootout, then it will be a giant killing game. So yeah, right. yeah. If, it, if it's not, though, like, like I said, if the receivers sit, I think this is going to be a Chiefs domination game, and then it's... Um, yeah. Then I'm not so confident. I mean, Herbert, you, I mean, you probably can't sit him because... Most people no. have drafted him as their main quarterback, but it's going to be. Don't expect the same points as tight as, as Mahomes without his weapons. It's probably better to say it. Yeah. Perfect. All right. That last game in San Francisco versus Arizona. Over unders 43.5. Tony, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, looking forward to this one. I think no matter who the quarterback is for the Cardinals, because they, they, Colt McCoy showed enough last week that they could do it. I think any San Francisco game now in prime time would be worth a watch just to see how their offense goes with their superstars on the field. Um, but they are heavy zone, so that does favor Rondell more again. And so he's going to be high in people's rankings because of that. Um, and Hopkins, you could have a look at Trey McBride, but I think you need to see it first for rookie. You know, rookie tight ends do take a little bit of time to break in. Um, I don't think if Marky's uh, Hollywood Brown come back, it doesn't really affect anyone else. He just takes Robbie Anderson's place, who's done nothing. Probably takes targets away from the others, but um, I'm not sure if he's going to play in his first game back, as, as uh, he said anyway. Um, but it's good that he's training again. Um, and yeah, uh, the running back, James Connors, getting 95% of snaps. Um, I think that might continue you know, until he breaks down. I think they just might ride it. Until he, he until he goes down, which he will do. So you know, pick up the running back as Rebecca said last week. Uh, Keontae Ingram on the other side, um, Arizona. Uh, so their coverage has been again zone, and I think this is a Debo week. So every, uh, yeah, 
people off him completely. They put an Ayuk above him, but this is this is a week where we're looking at the coverage, and if this thing is working that I'm doing, Debo should outscore Ayuk this week. So let's revisit this next week to see if that actually happens. The only thing is, obviously, we haven't seen McCaffrey um, and Debo. Seems he just takes uh, those kind of close to the line of scrimmage catches away from Debo, but down the field, I'd like to see Debo get open some of these zone coverages that Arizona are throwing up. Yeah, Rob, anything to add? Just on the only thing I want to mention is the Cardinals' uh, tight end position. Zach Ertz down for the season. Trey McBride, his usage last week was 91% of snaps. Um, but he didn't dra- do much. He didn't do much, no, but they, he's, a, he's, a, he's a rookie tight end. They drafted him quite high. Probably one to monitor, maybe not to, you know, if you've got space on your bench to pick him up. But but yeah, you know, obviously Ertz is down. And I don't think Marquise Brown is back this week. He may just come back after the uh, after the bye because he's still working individually. So McBride could be sneaked in and and uh, and take a little bit of usage away from Rondell Moore, but not much. But someone to to keep an eye on. Yeah, perfect. All right, well that wraps us up. Loads of uh, great stuff as always, and uh, Tony, thanks especially for pulling together all the coverage um, stats. Uh, I know you had a lot of fun, and we'll, we'll keep feeding those through the weeks if you're willing to uh, to keep going um why not yeah you love it as he as he rubs his eyes <laughs> yeah my eyes i can't see, like, all i can see is numbers <laughs> most work he's done all week isn't it <laughs> oh yeah absolutely um well yeah and and hopefully uh you know everyone who's listening thanks for listening and hopefully uh, all of that will help you get your wins and take you uh closer to the playoffs Thanks to you guys for joining. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week to review and uh, hold ourselves account, I guess, for, uh, for some of these takes. So yeah, uh, have a great weekend, great weekend everyone. And uh, yeah, we'll see you good luck. Week. Good luck. Yep. See you next week. And that's it for another episode of Play Action Pass. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Um, if you like this episode, please do follow us on whatever podcast platform you listen on. Uh, and you can follow us on Twitter at underscore play action pass and our website playactionpass.co.uk we're always releasing uh, new video content uh, and tons of new content so check out the feed check out the website uh, and we're actively trying to improve all of our content so please do play for us on twitter let us know your thoughts uh, anything we can do to improve anything you like what you want to see more of all of your questions uh, and we'll answer those on the show or we'll answer them on the feed Depending on their agency. Um, to reach out to us individually, find Tony at LightTech7, Rob at TeamBest10, and me at MattMayFF on Twitter. Like I said, send us your questions, we'll answer them on the next episode, or if it's super urgent, we'll get back to you on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening and support the show.